Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Jesus said the most extraordinary words, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I'm guessing that none of us here in this church this morning have seen the linen cloths. We haven't seen the empty cave, the empty tomb. We haven't heard Jesus say, Mary or your name. We haven't seen with our eyes, but I know that many of us here, here, here this morning do believe. We believe the tomb was empty. We believe that Jesus was risen. We believe that death has been defeated. Hallelujah. So I want to ask you, do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is risen? Do you believe and trust that the tomb was empty? Because if you do, the word there is blessed. Blessed are those who believe. Not happy. It's not promising that your life will be free from tragedy or free from trials, but it promises you'll be blessed. You'll find favor with God. You'll find your purpose in life. You'll find the reason for living. Ben believed. Ben is my now wife's late husband who died 12 years ago, and he died believing. He committed his whole life to serving Jesus, serving at high school, serving youth, uh, going to Bible college, planning to be a missionary. And then when Rachel was eight and a half months pregnant, he was diagnosed with a kind of leukemia. 
but he died believing. And at his funeral, there was no despair. There was sadness, there was grief, but no despair because they knew where Ben was with a new body and a new life and seeing Jesus face to face. Ben believed. Jen believed. Jen is a member of our church who lost both her parents within the space of a few months of each other. She said this, the resurrection has taken on such a new preciousness this year. The hope of seeing my parents again and knowing where they are is really the only place I find true comfort. I see Jesus' triumph over death with a fresh sense of reality in an urgent, tangible and visceral way. Ben believed, Jen believed. Remember that father whose son died? He believed this, this man's son suffered a tragic accident and died and the funeral was held on Easter Sunday and the brave father spoke at that funeral. He said this, Easter has taken on a new importance this year. Until you stare death in eye to eye, Easter's just a word, a nice day with church and chocolate. But when someone so precious to you dies, Easter becomes everything to you. An anchor in a fierce storm, a rock on which to stand. A hope that raises you above despair and keeps you going. Jesus defeated death. Jesus was raised from the dead. So my son will be raised and I will be raised. Jesus lives. So we will live. Now that means everything to me this year. So I'll ask you again, do you believe? The resurrection is hard, isn't it? Because in many ways, the death of Jesus is easier to believe in. Because we've all experienced death in some way. Someone dying is not unusual. But someone rising from the dead, that is highly unusual. Billy Graham, who went home to be with the Lord this year, he said this. The entire plan for the future has its key in the resurrection. C.S. Lewis says, I believe in Christianity as I believe the sun has risen. Not because I see it, but but because by it I see everything. And I'm here this morning to say that when you've understood the resurrection, you do see everything. You see your life more clearly. You see your future more clearly. So do you believe? That's why John wrote this gospel. He said at the end, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And by believing you may have life in his name. Maybe you're here this morning and a bit like Thomas, you're questioning, you're doubting. Remember how Jesus said to Thomas, stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. How can you believe? Uh, John, who wrote this gospel, he believed. He went to the tomb that morning with Peter and he bent over. He didn't go inside the tomb. And when you hear tomb, don't think hole in the ground. Think big cave with the stone rolled away. And he stood at the entrance and he saw the linen cloths. So the body had not been stolen because they would have taken the linen cloth with them. 
the most expensive thing there. And verse 8 tells us that John saw and believed. He didn't see the body. He didn't see the risen Lord Jesus, but he saw the empty tomb and he believed. Mary Magdalene, I love the fact that Mary is here in the account of the Gospels. I love the fact that God chose a woman to be the first person to see the risen Lord Jesus. Because in those days, the account of a woman was not recognized in court. And Mary stood outside the tomb weeping and she's crying. And the angel says to her, woman, why are you crying? And I'm sure Mary thought, what a stupid question. I'm crying because Jesus is dead. I'm crying because my loved one, my Savior, my Lord is dead. That's what you do when people die. You cry. They've taken my Lord away, she says. They've stolen the body. And Jesus says, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? A good question. What was Mary looking for? She was looking for a dead person. And Jesus says to her, you're looking for an alive person. I was dead, but now I'm alive. I was crucified, but now I'm risen. Stop crying, Mary, and start rejoicing. And then Jesus says her name, Mary. One day she felt when he said her name, Mary. At that moment, she believed. The disciples believed down in verse 19. They're in a room and the door are locked and Jesus comes and stands among them and physically stands there and says, peace be with you. And verse 20 says, he showed them his hands and his side. Now the wounds on his back from the whips have been healed. The, the wounds on his head where the crown of thorns have been there, they've been healed. But the, the nail marks are still there and the spear mark is still there. The same Jesus who was crucified is now risen bodily. And they believe. Except Thomas. Poor Thomas. Known for all eternity as doubting Thomas. He's not doubting, he's just a bit skeptical. A bit like I was. I want evidence, I want proof. That was Thomas. Unless I actually see those nail marks, he says, I will not believe. I want proof that Jesus is alive. It's almost as though Jesus heard him say that because a week later we're told that he's there again saying, peace be with you. He says to Thomas, verse 27, put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand, put it into my side. Stop doubting Thomas and believe. But Thomas doesn't need to put his fingers in there. He doesn't need to reach out his hand. He just says, my Lord and my God, I believe. That was me 28 years ago. I wanted evidence. I wanted proof. I will not believe in Jesus. No, dead people don't rise again. So I spent two years investigating Buddhism and Hinduism and Islam and Christianity and New Ageism and atheism. And I read book after book after book, and then I read the Bible. Then I read the Scriptures. And in the Scriptures, 
Jesus says to one of his apostles, Peter, says, who do you say I am? That was the light bulb moment for me. Who do I say Jesus is? Is he the son of God? Did he die? Did he rise? Did he ascend to his father? Yes, 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 I says. And like Thomas, I said, my Lord and my God. So I'll ask you again, do you believe? If you do believe, this, this verse says that you're blessed. What does that mean? Three blessings for you. Here's the first one. You have a relationship with God. You have a relationship with God, your heavenly Father. See what Thomas said? My Lord, my God. That word my is a word of relationship, isn't it? Think about your life. Who are the people in your life that you use that word my for? I talk about my Rachel, my Sam, my Nathaniel, my Elijah, my Micah, my friends. They're they're people who I know, people who have a relationship with my. And what Thomas is saying here is that he has got a personal relationship with the risen Lord Jesus, and so can you. You can call God your father, you can call Jesus your brother and your friend. Remember the story of the girl who walked into the White House and got within a whisk of the Oval Office and she was stopped by the security guard and said, what are you doing here? I've come to see the president, she said. I said, you can't just walk in there. You need an appointment. And so the girl said, well, I'll make an appointment. No, you can't make an appointment. The president needs to call you. But the president doesn't know me, she said, so he can't call me. And the thing about Christianity is that God does know you because he made you. You're his child, you're his son, you're his daughter. And because he knows you, he will call you. And because he knows you, you can be invited into a relationship with him. He can be your savior, your Lord. And that changes everything. If you have a relationship with Jesus, you can talk to him. He comforts you. He hears you. He sustains you. Remember the the man at the funeral? He's He's the anchor in the storms of life. You have a relationship with God. That's the richest blessing ever. Secondly, the hope of the resurrection. You have a relationship with God and you've got the the promise of the resurrection. I've done so many funerals this year, or last year rather. I have buried young children. I have buried teenagers. I've buried people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, all the way up to 90-year-olds. And there's a marked difference, you know, a marked difference between the funeral of a believer in Christ. Because when you bury somebody who's believed in Jesus, it's just an earthly shell. Because you know that person is alive with a new body, a resurrected body. And as you sit with somebody whose body is riddled with cancer, to say to that person, you know you've got a new body awaiting you and there's no cancer and there's no pain and there's no suffering, and to see that joy in their heart. To sit with a man who, whose legs are about to be amputated because of diabetes and to say to them, you're going to have new legs in heaven. That hope of the resurrection, that hope of a new body, that hope of eternal life, it is yours. 
That is the blessing if you believe. This life is not all there is. You have eternal life to come with a new body and a new hope. So the blessing of relationships, the blessing of a resurrected body, and then lastly, a blessing of a reason for living. A reason for living. The resurrection isn't just about the last day. The the resurrection is about today. That today you have a new purpose and a new meaning and a new reason for getting out of bed in the morning because you're serving a living saviour. I hope you know that you you can't have a relationship with someone who's dead. But you can have a relationship with someone who's alive. And so you wake up every day saying, I'm here today to serve my living Jesus. I'm here today to live my life and honour my living Lord Jesus. So reason for living. Remember how Jesus said to Mary, go and tell other people. He said to disciples, Receive the Holy Spirit. I'm sending you into the world to tell other people about the forgiveness of their sins. That's why we're here, if we're Christians this morning. If you're here this morning as a believer in Christ, you're not just here to sing some songs. You're here to remind yourself you've got a reason for living and a purpose of living, to live each day in a way to say, I'm here to serve my risen Lord Jesus. And people say to you, Why are you different? Why do you do all these things? And you say, because Jesus is alive. Because Jesus is alive. The three blessings, you have a relationship with the living Lord Jesus. You have the promise of the resurrection. You have a reason for living. Relationship, resurrection, and reason. Why? Because Jesus is alive. But I'm guessing there are some here this morning who, like Thomas, are are doubting. And you're questioning. If that is you, we've got a course that we run called Christianity Explored. Starts a week on Monday, the 9th of April. Come along to that. Bring all your doubts. Bring all your questions. Find out more. Next Sunday here in church, we're starting a new sermon series called One Question for God, where we've surveyed our community. What are the questions that you've got? We've got hundreds of questions. Uh, Next week, we're tackling the question, if God is all-loving... Why are Christians so intolerant of people who are different? Looking at, you know, LGBTI, looking at refugees or asylum seekers. The week after, if God is all loving, why is there so much suffering and evil? The week after that, if God is all loving, why is there so much mental health and depression and anxiety in our world today? Come along, find out answers. But stop doubting and believing. But if you're here today and you're a believer in Christ, you believe the tomb was empty, you believe that Christ is risen, look at that word there, blessed. You are blessed. You have a relationship with God. You have the hope of the resurrection and a reason for living. I've lived 28 years now with a blessed life as a believer in Christ. Hasn't been easy, trials, tragedies, highs and lows. But every day is a blessing because every day I live with Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Let me pray. Thank you, Father, for the empty tomb. Thank you that Jesus is risen. Thank you that he is alive and so that we will live. 
Father, for any here who are struggling in their faith, Lord, would you comfort them, strengthen them, remind them again of of your deep love for them in Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that you are alive.